welcome back. I think this is week number three of the personal collection series. And today I'm bringing on one of my good friends, James Elite Hunters. We've known each other since we started our own YouTube channels. Uh, we actually met at the Dallas Card Show, what was it, almost a year ago, right? Yeah, pretty much back in November, I think it was. Yeah, the first one. We were both at a vintage table looking at cards. Uh, we were recording and I was like, all right, you're a YouTuber. And we both had like, what, like 100 subs or something or even less than that. I think it was, no, actually, I think it's 200, if I remember correctly. Yeah, man, it was it was such a long time ago. We were really small, no idea what we were doing on YouTube. And we just hanged out for a bit and talked vintage cards and uh, learned a lot from James. I wasn't actually collecting boxing cards back then. I had one in my collection, a Jack Johnson. Um, but I learned a lot from him and started building out a boxing PC. So I know we're going to talk about boxing in another video, maybe a few months down the road, because today we're actually going to be talking about a triple crown cards in the collection that you've uh, built out. I remember the first time we talked, you said that that was your main PC that you were going after. And I was pretty amazed with what you've built out so far. And before this video starts, this interview is sponsored by myslabs.com. How does 1% sound? Too good to be true? Well, not anymore. MySlabs.com is the web's premier user-driven marketplace for buying and selling slabbed cards, sealed wax, and now slab comics and digital collectibles. So the next time you're forced to pay 10% or more to sell something from your collection, head over to MySlabs.com and join the 1% revolution. Yeah, it's been pretty much a year since I uh, got into the Triple Crown winners. And I had just finished a collection of dynamic duos. And I posted up a bunch of videos at that time. And then what I like to do is I like to collect in themes. So that was my next target theme to collect in. And a lot of those players resonated um, with my thoughts of some of the most iconic and immortal of baseball. So I had a few. And some of the ones that I didn't have, I dreamt of owning. So I figured, why not make that a collection? Nice. Now, for people who aren't familiar with the Triple Crown or baseball cards, can you kind of explain the different categories with, between both a pitcher and a hitter, what stats they need to get to accomplish a Triple Crown? So the most common ones that people like to think about when they think of Triple Crown is the hitters with offensive stats. And the offensive stats that you take into account for Triple Crown winners is average, home runs, and RBIs. And then when it comes to pitchers, which is also what I like to collect, is ERA, wins, and strikeouts. Nice. Now, not to put you on the spotlight at all, but who are some of your best triple crown players? Like who's won the most triple crowns as a pitcher? Who's won the most as a hitter? Well, there's some that have won either more wins than others. And then basically in the dead ball errors, you're going to find people who won a little bit more like Cy Young, obviously, or Walter Johnson, Grover, Cleveland, Alexander. So it's not necessarily more about wins or average or anything like that. One of the most impressive is, let me look him up. I have him here. This guy right here, Rogers Hornsby, his triple crown year, he actually had 40 home runs with a 400 average, which wow. is for me, something that no one's ever going to do again. And when you take into account launch angle is a big thing nowadays with baseball, pretty much hitters are punting average. And 
And these days, people were choking up, hitting for a great average. They didn't want to strike out a lot. And for this guy to actually hit above 400 and still hit for power with 40 home runs, him and Babe Ruth at the time were dominating baseball. He was in the National League, dominating the National League, and Babe Ruth in the American League. Yeah, Hornsby, I feel like a lot of people outside the vintage realm don't even really know who he is. Everyone always assumes that Albert Pujols is the best Cardinal of all time. And nothing against Pujols because he's fantastic. But him and Hornsby are probably at the same level uh, just based off of career accomplishments. And he's just one of those players that just people forgot over time for some reason. Right. Um, I don't understand what the thing about Rogers Hornsby is. He's to me, the best offensive second baseman ever to play the sport. Best all around might go to Joe Morgan because Rogers Hornsby's defense wasn't as great, but uh, when you're able to put that bat in the lineup, there's no way you're taking them out for defense. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Baseball Reference, a really, really great website, you can see details year after year. And I mean, I can load up right now. What did he have, like a 350 lifetime average? Something like that. I'm not sure about his lifetime average, but he's had two triple crown years. So it's not like he was a fly-by-night one-hit wonder. Like two triple crown years, that's not too many triple crown winners could say they won two years or three years worth of triple crown awards. Yeah, so I, I loaded up real quick. Hornsby has 127 war, which if you guys don't know with war, the average Hall of Famer has 65. He has almost double that, just showing you how good he is. He has 2,900 hits, so a little bit short of that elusive 3,000 hit club, which he played another season or he got a few more at-bats. But his lifetime batting average was 358. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And throughout his peak years, He averaged 400 throughout his peak years. Not one season, not two. His peak years were like five or six seasons. He averaged over 400. That's nuts. Check this out. From 1920 to 1925, he batted 370, 397, 401, 384, 424, 403. And then again in 28, he batted 387. With 29, he batted 380. That, That is, he's done stuff that, you can't fathom nowadays because you just don't see people hitting for high averages consistently. Like someone nowadays, Tim Anderson or DJ LeMahieu, who hasn't done it this year, but people like that, they're rare that you could point the finger to and say, yeah, he keeps up a high average or Jose Altuve in previous years, but they can't back it up with power. And to keep it up at that level at a 400 clip, that's nuts to me. Well, it's, I think the only player right now that has a potential to becoming like a Hornsby type player is Juan Soto. His second half this year, he's batting 355 and he's hitting a lot of home runs as well. And I know through the past, I mean, one thing that I look at least with players, like whether if I'm investing in them or purchasing their cards is how well they see the ball. And he's really, really great getting on base because of walks. But again, with how the triple crown is calculated, he kind of gets punished for walks because if you get a hit instead, it goes towards your average, whereas walks don't. And I know right now, because the analytics era we're in, we love seeing walks. I mean, especially with Moneyball, right? A walk is just as good as a hit because you get the player on first base. Actually, walk might be a little bit better because it ruins the pitch count of a pitcher. Think about it. You have to throw at least four pitches to walk versus you can get a hit on one or two pitches. And if you're trying to get a great pitcher out of a ball game faster, 
walks the better approach to use. But um, a lot of that's kind of affected the batting average side of things. But I think Juan Soto is one of those type of players that long-term could eventually get a triple crown. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I love Juan Soto, by the way. I'm very bullish with him and his trajectory, his career, especially at his age right now. He has yet to put up a bad offensive season, and you could only think once he hits his peak years what his ceiling could be like. So I'm very interested in seeing how his career shapes up, much like I did with Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. So he reminds me of that type of echelon of offensive uh, hitters. Yeah, and speaking of triple crowns and young guys too, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I oh. honestly, if you told me at the beginning of the season, if Vlad was going to win a triple crown, I would have said no. And then if you said also he was going to win a triple crown and there's a chance he might not win the MVP award, I would have been in shock. But man, between him and Otani, that, that MVP race is going to be really interesting. But at the same time, I would have never thought Vlad would be going after a triple crown at, was he 22 or 23 this season? I think he's more like 23, but it's amazing because he's going to keep it up. He's got the natural gifted ability, uh, the lineage with his dad. And to think he's going to do something his dad couldn't even do throughout his whole career. That, at at such age, a young man. age. Exactly. And I hope he gets in because there's 44 triple crown winners in all. I would love to see number 45 this year. So one last thing before we talk about your collection, you recently reached out the PSA about getting your triple crown collection on the set registry. You're going to dive in a little bit more details about that. Okay. So about, um, I would say two months ago, I got on a live stream with Ray from Philly and um, he started asking me about my collection. He found it intriguing. I think he was fairly new to my channel. So he was still getting to know me and my collecting ways. And on the live stream, I had told them that I'm knee deep into my Triple Crown collection. He asked me to elaborate on it. And I explained to him that it's not just rookies. I like to try to collect um, their triple crown year or in some cases like the dead ball era it's just whoever you could find whichever set you could find of the player you just consider yourself fortunate like i guess to uh show you one here tip o'neill this is an old judge card right i consider myself fortunate i'm able to find any one of his cards because they just didn't put them on many cards and then they don't come up uh regularly so when i found this card at the price that i found it i just jumped all over it i'm talking about you would have had to pry me away from that dealer without this card that was the one that you grabbed at dallas too wasn't it yeah i got it i think in the january show yep i remember because you're showing it off you're like you'll never believe the oj i found you i couldn't believe it and then recently i picked up another one which if i could find it right now i have a whole bunch of these laying around i'm excited just to see did it. a video on the fan craze card this is from 1906 which is only a few years later from the old judge but this set you just don't see too they're many beautiful cards too yeah they're very beautiful they're not common they're very rare scarce and then to find one of a hall of famer like rube waddell is another one that this type of collection allows me to keep my focus on these type of players who are not just anybody. They're some of the best names in all-time football greats. And then there's others that I got familiar with 
that otherwise I would have never had known existed like Heine Zimmerman. Heine Zimmerman is someone that I, I didn't even know anything about him until he was on my list. And when I got the card and I researched him, he had the most craziest career from beginning to end where he was implicated in the Black Sox scandal. So really? things like that. Yeah, he, he, got, he was implicated with throwing uh, games and putting out bribes for players. And he was exonerated because they couldn't prove it. It was really Hal Chase that was the ringleader. And because he was friends with him, but no proof, um, he got kind of like forgiven, but they blackballed him after that to the point where they took away five RBIs so that he wouldn't be the Triple Crown winner. And in 2015, they reinstated him as the RBI winner because they went through all the box scores of that Triple Crown year. And they were like, no, he did win the Triple Crown. And they took it away from Honus Wagner and they gave it to him once again. And in 2015, he was once again recognized as a Triple Crown winner. I would have not known. I would have been oblivious to a player like Heine Zimmerman if it's not for this collection. I had no idea about that story. That's pretty cool. So did his career pretty much end in 1919 or did they continue to play a little bit or what's the story on that side? Of no, in 1920 was the hearings. And that was when, when they just wanted to sweep him under the rug. They couldn't prove that he was guilty of such um, wrongdoings, but they never offered him a career again. Like, I'm, I mean, uh, a contract again, pretty much like Barry Bonds a little bit. Yep, and I remember Barry Bonds because as a, as a Rays fan, we should have signed him on that year. If we had him. Right. Like, I mean, he did really well his last year. He did. He did well. He didn't have a DH. There was no reason why he couldn't play another year or two. And no one offered him a contract. They just wanted to do away with Barry Bonds at the end of his career. And they were like, well, we know he could keep going to like 45 or 50, whatever, until he, like Tom Brady chooses to hang it up. But they were like, no, you put a stain on baseball when everyone decided not to give him another contract. No, that's really interesting. So um, let's dive deep into your PC a little bit. So obviously you showed the OJ. Do you have any others from the old judge set or any Allen and Ginters? And we, maybe we can work well, our way towards some modern cards. Yeah, I, have, I haven't showcased this card yet. It's a Mecca double folder of a Nap Lazuay. So I'm looking forward to showing this one. And to me, he goes hand in hand with Ty Cobb, which I just picked this one up at the National. It's an American Caramel. So this is the same. I remember you talking same. about that. That was so cool. Yeah, so I have this one from that set. And I also have the Rogers Hornsby. And I picked up another one, which was a big pickup for me. And here it goes. It's Grover Cleveland Alexander. So this was a huge pickup for me because in the 20s, they just didn't make a lot of sets at that time. So for me to find one of Grover Cleveland Alexander was getting very challenging. And to be able to find this one in a good shape that it's in, I was all over this one also. So Grover Cleveland Alexander, I have a list here, actually. He won three uh, Triple Crown Awards. Three. three. That's how good he was. Maybe he yes. was the leader with pitcher-wise. Because I don't think, I mean, how many does Walter With, Johnson have? Walter Johnson has three also. He has three. And, I wasn't sure. And Sandy, and Sandy Koufax has three also. So those three dominated in triple crowns with three each. There you go. So 
I don't have a Sandy Koufax. I want to pick up a rookie card of his for this one. And um, Cy Young, Chrissy Matthewson, those are two that are thorns in my side with the pitchers. <laughs> we got them both right here. My Walter Glass is locked away, but... Those, those could come my way. I could borrow those whenever you <laughs> want to let me borrow those. And um, Ted, Ted Williams is a thorn on my side. So I can't pick up any of his really early ones all the way up to the 48 leaf. Those are becoming They're almost, so expensive. They are. They, they've gone up through the roof over the last six months. And um, I've almost... I've accepted the fact that I have to go after 51 Bowman just because fiscally it, it's just too much. This whole collection is yeah. like a $20,000 collection. If you want to do the math with the, the players and the names, let me run off a few names here. I haven't showcased Lou Gehrig. This card alone is like a four, $4,000 card somewhere around there. I haven't priced it or looked up the comps, but it's a very pr and this is his triple crown year so i'm very happy oh, with that's this cool one. i know about the 34 gaudy garrig was the face of it him and then it was also chuck klein, um, chuck klein. Like the last 12 cards or something like that in this set um but right. enough in that set they didn't have any baby ruth's like ruth was the face of 33 and they cut him out there and there's chuck, chuck klein. klein yep so they both happen to have won the Triple Crown, and that's why they were commemorated with the banner underneath for that year. Oh, but, okay. Right. And then for the 34 Gaudi, I also have Lefty Grove. So these are some of the older cards, and I know you're a fan of Lefty Grove. Lefty Grove, yep. he's one of the best pitchers of that era. Absolutely. His 33 Gaudi is one of my favorites. Yeah, I put him up there with like Sandy Koufax and some of the other greatest lefties that ever pitched. Um, Rube Waddell was a great lefty, but let me see. I have a few others here. I have uh, Dazzy Vance. This one took me a little while to locate it. It's not considered a very expensive card, but they just don't exist too often. And the, their shape is really rough sometimes when you do find them. So I was pretty happy when I found this one. Uh, let's, oh, this is another triple crown year. So just to elaborate, if I could find the rookie card, I'm happy. Or I try to go for the triple crown year if I can. Or there's some cases where I just thought outside the box and I did something else, but I'll, I'll get into that in a sec. But here's a triple crown year of Mickey Mantle. I just recently picked that one up uh last month at the dallas card show and i'm really happy video. yeah i'm i'm really happy with this one because it has really nice centering and it's clean and it checks off my mickey mantle collection and also i'm doing an mvp run collection so that one checks off three boxes i was real happy with that one um so let's see uh other big names notable names is jimmy fox big time triple crown winner one of the best sluggers of the era. This is probably my favorite Jimmy Fox card that exists just because I love the detail, the picture, the colors in this card. There you go. You got the rookie. 33. Yeah. So Jimmy Fox for me is one of the more underappreciated sluggers of that era. He almost tied or surpassed 
uh, Babe Ruth's record with 58 home runs. So he's big time to me. 100%. Him and Mel, I feel I have no appreciation for some reason. Mel is one of my cards on my radar I'm trying to get for just for the fact that I know how big he was uh, as a slugger. So I know you picked up a Mel Lott recently, right? Yep. I was going to hold on. It's over here. There it is. So he has two and a 33 Gaudi set. Oh, you have to grab one. Yeah, I like yeah, I like this design better. I'd have I, it I would away. be fine with both. I would take either his profile pick or that one. Um, I would be fine with both. I just, and I just love the design. Just choking up on a bat, the striking background, and it says Melvin Ott right there. So I have yeah, this red, one, and then I have a Diamond Stars one, which I need to get graded. I have it in my grading box. Um, it has I like that one too. Back, but. It looks similar to that pose where he has the bat choked up also. Yeah, I, I believe so. I'd have to look it up. I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, speaking of diamond stars, I have this Joe Ducky Medwick diamond stars card, and he was also a St. Louis great. And let's see, I have a few. The thing about this collection is you have so many immortals in this collection that it's just a fun collection to put together because every time you add someone, it's someone with substance. It's it's a name. It's not just a good play, like some of them are good players and then others are like, whoa, they're immortals. Like you're checking off a big name when you add that name. So that's why I love this collection. Like here's a Frank Robinson. I miss my Frank Robinson, man. I really want to get one back. <laughs> so I'm really happy with additions like that for the collection. And one of the ones that I was telling you that I went for the triple crown year is someone like Roger Clemens. This is his triple crown year, but I thought this was a really cool card with the holographics design. And I don't know, there's, I just wanted to have one of him in his Toronto Blue Jays uni. And I wanted the cards to pop because they're really, they're relatively inexpensive in this year to own one of his cards. So why not go after a nice insert card with the graphic designs? Here's another one where it was there triple crown year it's um randy johnson and this is a short print night parallel of his triple crown year with the arizona diamondbacks so these are just examples of where i try to have a little bit fun with it because owning a randy johnson rookie card it's no real pizzazz to that it's like sometimes you can find them in the dollar box um roger clemens same Tiffany. thing right but i'm not i'm not a big fan of his to actually go after such a pricey card although there's nothing wrong with it but that's a very expensive card any <laughs> tiffany card is expensive they're fun though um so here's one card which i went totally outside the box i didn't do his rookie card i didn't do his triple crown year because for me i could find them in a dollar box and they didn't have any pizzazz but pedro martinez i went after his autograph oh that's beautiful let's transcend it Yes. So it's, cards, it's numbered out of 25 and to have an autograph of one of the best pitchers that I witnessed um, dominate. I was all over this one. This type of card is juicy. It's able to hold weight with some of the others I already showcased. 
And for someone that to me was one of the best pitches of that era, I figured, let me go after a nice juicy autograph. So not with everyone I'm willing to do that, but for Pedro Martinez's caliber, I decided why not. Here's another one, which I found it's Hippo Vaughn. And this, this is another one where I couldn't find too many of his cards. He has a T205 card and he has this chocolate recruits card. But this is another card. This is the first time I own one of these from this set. And to have this card, I was all over it. I love it. I love the way he looks in it. When you look up the Wikipedia, I think this is the picture it shows of him in this card. So to have that card, I was really happy that I found this one. Um, but those are the type of players like Hippo Vaughn that I just didn't know anything about them until I looked them up. Here's um, a case where I was able to find a rookie card of Bucky Walters. So this card's not that expensive, but the fact that it's his rookie card and it's something from the 39 play ball set. It's a good shape too. Really, it is, but you could be surprised that I think I paid like 10 bucks for it. It's just not an expensive card at all. Bucky Walters, he's one of those players that had like that one special year and that was it. They didn't have much of a career after that. But there's certain players like that that, had like one great year and then flamed out afterwards. And then there's others that just had a great career. So here's Definitely one like left a lot of pitchers. Right, right. And then Lefty Gomez, he had one of the better careers as a Yankee, but no one really, there you go. Nice one. Yep. Um, Lefty Gomez isn't like a prolific name. He's not a household name, but he did have a great um, triple crown year. And I was happy to own this one, which is his 41 play ball. So it just really helps me get to know some of the players that did something really nice and special, not just like an MVP year or career year, like a triple crown year. You basically dominated baseball in a way that others haven't seen for a while. And I just find that to be so interesting. Now, is there any players that had triple crowns and don't have any cards? So like probably 19th century players? There's a few that I'm having a hard time with um, finding like old Haas Radborn. I think he pitched for the Red Sox. I haven't seen anything of his come up. So in a case like his, I might not be able to pick up a playing day card or anything of his I might have to just settle for like a picture if I could find a print picture even if it's like a type three and then get it slapped that could be part of the collection but in cases like that there's nothing I could do about it like I mean I could hope and if I dig deep enough maybe I could find a set that he belonged to and put it in my watch list but whether it comes up or not that's I just I just don't know but there's um, Tommy Bond is another name. He won the Triple Crown in 18, um, 1877. Um, Guy Hecker. I mean, these are names that I don't know if I'll be able to find them. The ones that I do know of is Paul Hines, Tim Keith, John Clarkson. I know they have an old judge card and in some yep. cases, uh, Allen and Ginter card. It's just a matter of, when they come up, if I could even afford them, because usually they go for like two grand for like They're a one expensive. or a two. 
Yeah, yeah luckily I, I was able to pick a John Clarkson a while ago, but I think he does have an old judge and he has a Allen and Ginter. Right. And in some cases they have like three poses and like an old judge or something yeah. like that. I mean, I love so, that set because especially like there's a lot of one of a kind cards in it that people don't realize are one of ones. And I feel like new stuff still gets discovered even today. I mean, there's like what, four or 5,000 different variations of old judge right. cards. It's crazy. Right. And in those cases, like it doesn't matter if you find one in an authentic grade, you're just fortunate to find one basically. So even if someone trimmed it to like put it in their scrapbook or something, so what? Like it lasted this long, almost 150 years. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So finding one is where it's like you just consider yourself fortunate, especially if you could afford to buy one. Absolutely. So James, you want to talk about a little bit real quick about your YouTube channel so people can go check that out? Um, so with my YouTube channel, this is like what I like to do. I like to showcase and appreciate certain players and the sport that I love, baseball. I also touch on football and basketball every once in a while. But for the most part, 80 to 90% of the content on my YouTube channel is baseball. But I like to have fun with it. I sometimes do video responses or mail day videos, so on and so forth. But that's just to break up the routine. Maybe I haven't found anything, but when I do, it's usually for a collection that speaks to me, something a little out the box. Like with this one, where with PSA, they were all over the fact that I requested this triple crown collection to them they were shocked nobody else requested this collection to them awesome well guys make sure to give james a follow at elite hunters on youtube you're going to learn a lot from his channel he also goes to a lot of card shows as well he just went to collectors con in tampa and he goes to dallas every time it's over there so make sure to drop him a subscribe because he's great content now guys i'm going to catch you next week's episode <laughs>